DJ and PK, it's time to talk Aggie football with Utah State football coach Gary Anderson. He joins us on the Sprint Special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Gary, good morning. Good morning, guys. I've missed you. Yeah, absolutely. We've missed you, too. But <laughs> it's kind of a delayed response, though, so I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were told there was a delayed response to our request to have you on the show at the end of the year because you had decisions and changes to make, many of which we know about now, some of which we probably don't know. You probably have some other stuff. But obviously you made major changes to the coaching staff. And obviously late in the year when we had you on, you were pretty tense and pretty wound up and you didn't like the way things were going. So when you make these changes, how much better do you feel and how much can you not feel better until you win another game, which is obviously months and months away? Well, you know, at the, the, the end of the year was frustrating, obviously, with losing a bowl game. And, um, but as you go back and you reflect, we've got to look at a lot of things that we did that were very good. And so, um, you know, yeah, that gives you time to do that through the holidays and through this time when you uh, can't go out there when we're not recruiting. I think this, uh, you, know, you look back, and like I said at the end of the season, it's kind of dissect myself and, uh, you know, uh, you know, conduct those uh, uh, strong sessions of thinking things out, looking at the program. And um, I feel really good. I feel really good about the changes. Um, I feel really good about the way the staff handled the changes and um, accepted the changes. For some, it was, uh, uh, you know, a step up. For some, it was uh, a little bit of a, uh, had a title taken away to what it may, may have been. But uh uh, they, they're all in. They're all excited about being here, and I don't think that they're putting on a facade. I don't think they walk around being fake in those situations. So I'm really happy with the staff, and uh, you know, sometimes you, you make those decisions, and, and we move along. But uh, those decisions were made from um, you know, a lot of things being thought out, and myself first, and, and looking and seeing how I can help these kids be better. So yeah, I think we're in a good spot. Obviously, the offensive coordinator, Bodie's here with us, and um, I like where Bodie is, like what he's done. It was a very competitive situation, first of all, to get him here. Secondly, um, it t- took me a long time to, uh, for me, a long time to hire him. I usually just kind of jump and hire a guy and, um, you know, go get it done fairly quickly. And uh, don't think too far outside the box, but I thought it was really important this time that I take my time and look. And then Bodie was obviously the guy. And, and again, he wants to be here. He grew up like we did. You know, he grew up and he fought himself through the ranks to get to where he is today. He battled himself in the big sky, did some great things, which I have great respect for that conference. And he's just a great fit for us. And, uh, you know, um, his family's the same. So excited about him. And, you know, Stacy and Frank are, are, are better coaches, and they'd be the first ones to tell you this. Their experience on offense last year was fantastic for them and give them an opportunity out to be even better coaches now on the defensive side of the ball and what we have now is I think we have a much stronger presence in the offensive room as a whole and we look to get stronger on that as we make this next hire and I think we have a much stronger presence in the defensive room from experience and and guys are going to work extremely well together I'm excited about it. So you go with the co-defensive coordinators, and that's always a little bit confusing to me because that could mean different things for different programs. What the co-defensive coordinators mean to you? Well, Stacey's going to call it. You know, it'll work. It'll be a, a, a collaborative effort during the week and where they go through it. But Frank is just such a great presence with the kids. And I, uh, one thing that uh, a lot of times I think people don't think about in football is that Stacey's up top and he goes ahead and he calls it. And, you know, Frank will be there and Frank will have his moments of where he's going through. But the main play caller is going to be Stacey. But it's just as important to be the guy that's down on the field that is the, the in this case, our co-coordinator that is the, he's the heartbeat of the defense when they 
they come over for a TV timeout or we're making adjustments on the sidelines or whatever that may be. So that's exactly how we'll break that down. And um, I think they're both is, they're both very, very important. And I thought co-titles for those guys in this position right now where we are um, was definitely the best way to do it. But they're, they definitely have, uh, you know, their uh, different areas that they're in charge of um, and also their different position groups. Utah State football coach Gary Anderson joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, you were clearly stressed the offense, the way they would come in. <laughs> they, they put together drives, maybe a seven-play drive, but they didn't take any time off the clock. The defense had to be right back out there. What is the offense going to look like now that you've got these new coaches in place? What's it going to look like next season? Well, to position yourself year after year to be able to win a position, to win a championship, or be in a position to win a championship, which we did this last year. We were right down there to the last week, had an opportunity to do it. But I don't think it's going to finish like that. If you look at our year, we had seven games that came down the wire. We won five of them. That's a tough team, uh, minded football team that did that. And, but I don't think we played complimentary football. Um, I know we didn't play complimentary football on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and, and it's not good. It's just it's not a position to be able to, you know, you wake up every Wednesday and you start uh, staring at the weather forecast and, you know, when's the weather going to be good? When's it going to be okay? Is the wind going to be blowing? Is it going to rain? Is it going to snow? You know, we don't play in a dome. We're going to have bad weather games. I think that's a big part of it. Um, for that offense to not be as effective as it's been, it's, it's, that's, that's time-tested for two years. Uh, that's the way it's been. It has not been effective when the weather hasn't been good. And then you play against a team you potentially could be outmatched. You could play against a team that uh, tries to take the ball, What blah, blah, blah. There's a lot that goes to that. But in this situation, the offense is going to be a um, we're going to play at different paces, um, three to four different paces. And they say, well, that's a lot of paces. It's really not. A muddle huddle versus a huddle, um, they're very similar. It's the same concepts for the kids. And then we're going to go fast. And then we're also going to be able to uh, you know, potentially get ourselves in a spot to look over as needed. But we won't have nearly the amount of look over. Um, Bodie does not like the look over nearly as much. Uh, his concept is the offensive lineman sit in their stance for 35 seconds and sit there and wait to play the game. Um, and so there's a lot of things that he was very, very very, you know, um, his his ideas are very clean. They're very good in those spots. So, uh, again, I think it'll be a, a multiple offense. Get the ball in the hands of the playmakers. Uh, be able to play and just cause. If I look at it, and when I interviewed these offensive coordinators, the key thing for me was simple: was okay. How is this? offense going to cause me problems as a defensive coordinator. And the things that come up is fly sweeps, formations and the boundaries, different types of tempos. Those are all big, big things that cause major problems. And those are things that, you know, Bodie's had in his offense for a number of years. And this guy is tough. Um, and I want a tough offense. I want to be able to run gap schemes in the run, in the, in the, uh, in the run game, not just inside zone on, you know, fourth and one and hope it all works out. I want to be able to run power. I want to be able to run counter properly. I want to be able to do those things to be a physical football team and, in uh, the overall picture, I think that makes you a tougher defense. It makes you a more prepared defense. So complimentary football is a big part of this hire, and a tough guy is a big part of this hire that can lead a room and be a general manager. Quarterback always matters in every level of football, and it looks like, at least uh, to us, at least to me anyway, you have a fairly seamless transition there. We do. You know, it's going to it's, it's, you sit right now, and Henry is uh, – uh, done a great job when he's had an opportunity, and so did Andrew until Andrew obviously got hurt in the Stony Brook game. And um, but uh, I guess the positive thing of that injury happening is it happened early, and and he's very much on the recovery path, and he'll be back at us pretty soon and be at full strength. So uh, we have a good good group of kids. Uh, you know, Cooper's there with us, and Cooper's done a great job. He's got a great. Uh, um, 
just a great upside overall. Although I got to tell you a story about Cooper. So you know, Cooper Lagai, he comes up and we did a little thing the other day in front of our team and stand up and they got their little teams for fall camp for uh, excuse me for. Uh, this off-season training that we're going through in winter conditioning, there's like 10, 15 guys on the team, and I pull Cooper up in front of his uh, teammates, and you have to name the teammates. Just give me the name of the guys that are on your team, right? And Cooper missed the very first kid. So, got to tell you that, man. It was hysterical. <laughs> so, one of his buddies looked right up and looked him right in the eye, and it was uh, looked at him and said, hey, you, there's Trey, and it was not. His name was Troy. So, oh, he yeah. missed that one. So, <laughs> so, we had a little fun with Cooper on that one. It was it was interesting, but Cooper's there. Josh Cal is also at the quarterback spot, so I think we're in good hands. Um, you know, right now for us, we we have to find a running back um, that can play next year. It has to find a running back that can play next year, an off the ball tight end like an H mover and uh, a wide receiver on the offensive side of the football, and then we're looking for a defensive lineman and a DB uh, on the uh, on the defensive side. So I think we're you know we're in a good spot. Kids are working hard and. I believe I agree with you in the quarterback spot. We have some competition, but I believe we're in a good spot. Gary Anderson, Aggie football coach, joining us. Gary, we've noticed college and pro, multiple sports, football, basketball, whatever, continuity matters. It does give its own rewards. Now, last year, obviously, you had to put a new staff together because Matt Wells took so many guys to Texas Tech, and you had 50 new guys on the roster, which blew us away. Now you're going to have a new quarterback, you have new guys on the roster, new coaching staff. How do you try to build some familiarity? Because you haven't had a lot of continuity here the last two years. Yeah, I think really, honestly, I'm not worried about the transition on the defensive side of the ball. It's uh... You know, Stacy coaches special teams. Frank was highly involved in special teams, and they have a great relationship with the kids. So, you know, there'll be some there's some continuity within the scheme I would say would be more of a concern for me right now than the faces on the defensive side of the ball when I say that you know we will be uh, more of a multiple front um, with outside backer more odd front scenarios at times in this defense so I'd be a little bit more worried about the scheme in the next couple of months than again the faces on the offensive side of the ball you know this is going to be a change that uh, I think these kids are going to grasp and be very excited about and you know our goal and we've talked about it from the minute that it went it went uh, double zeros at the end of that bowl game uh, you know the challenge was issued to myself and to the football team is we need to be tougher um, not not mentally we need to grow up and mature when I say that it's not a shot at last year's team. I'm saying we had 54 new young guys, and they need to get stronger. Um, you know, our goals of getting 30 bench pressers that do two, 225, 30 times and 3,500-pound squatters, that's a real goal for this football team. So um, that will be welcomed with, with Bodie Reader, and Bodie will be in that situation, and he'll be in the weight room, and he'll he'll push him and he'll grind him. So I think that transition will be good, um, and uh, they'll, they'll be accepted. But it is, you know, hey, it is. It's a new face. It's going to be a new scheme. We're not going to sit there and just say, uh, "Hey, we're going to keep all of our terminology." And you know, we're going. Bodie Reader's going to run his offense. So uh, on that side of the ball, yes, there's definitely going to be some continuity. Uh, um, it's not an issue, but it has to has to come together. And we're working hard on some team concepts and football school to get there. Uh, but I don't worry about that at all on defense. How does the new earlier signing period affect Utah State and schools like Utah State? relative to schools that would be in perceived bigger conferences and then with the later signing date, which is coming up in a couple of weeks? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a couple of things to that. Number one, we don't feel any pressure at all with our fan base to say we've got to go have this signing glass on the early signing day and be a this place ranked uh, – um, 
you know, recruiting class, and uh, most schools do, uh, especially Power Five schools. They, it's, it's important, and it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, there's bonuses on the line. There's people they get this for that, and for guys getting re uh, signed. And I think that is that that that's amazing to me. Um, and I think it's wrong. And so we don't feel any of the pressure early on to sign one guy, two guy, twenty guy, thirty guy. Um, doesn't matter to us. And so we're very very patient, and we'll use them at the first signing day for us. Is if that is a guy that is a hundred percent slam dunk that we would take him regardless of the of the situation regardless of the signing period then we take him um, if there's any cloudiness to it at all we won't take him in the first signing period because there is guys that are missed um lots of guys that are missed in that first signing class because people panic to get uh, a guy that was evaluated as a junior or as a sophomore and he was a three-star or maybe even a four-star as he went through his junior year and they didn't play very good his, his senior year and they're still going to take him because they get the star um, because they want that uh, signing day whatever ranking I suppose um, and that stuff's real so for us we don't worry about that and then the second signing day you only fill our needs but right now we're patient on the second signing period too just because of we have now the transfer portal and we always believe in our theory that we are going to find guys later in the process even after the second signing time so we uh, you know obviously we sign guys on signing day it's become much less of a big deal than it was 10 years ago 10 years ago it was that was the day now it's uh, because of all the different situations that have happened um, signing day is not a big deal for us do you view the transfer portal as a chance to get really good talent, or do you view the transfer portal as a place where maybe some kids who think they're a little more than they are, or maybe a little emotionally immature, have some baggage, and that you really got to be careful with that? Or, or is that going to become kind of a fundamental way to build out your football team? Well, I think it's all those. I think it's the first thing is, is if you know the kid last year, obviously, you know, we sat back and... Caleb Siosi and Nick changed our football team and um you know, we knew those guys firsthand because I've obviously my year at Utah and Riley helped change our football team in a very positive way and we knew him from Kalani and Aaron and everybody else that uh uh when we went through the recruiting process with all all four of those kids, so that was that was simple. You know, Taryn Adams, the, the kid that we took from Arizona State, the, the corner, was a little bit more difficult because now you do have to do your homework. Because I don't know Taryn, and I don't really know anybody on that staff that I can call and ask him. And are they going to tell me he's a good player and he's a great kid because he's not, and they want to get rid of him? You know, so yeah, you have to do your homework in those situations. <clears throat> so all those things that you mentioned are a concern. Within the uh, transfer portal, I deem it as a huge positive for us, and it needs to be a huge positive for us this year. Now, the one thing I will say against the, about the transfer portal is I think it's really hurt junior junior college recruiting. Um, I think people are more interested in holding out and waiting. Uh, I was on the phone with the coach last night, and it was, hey, we're going to hold out. And it's a Power 5 school. They're holding off three scholarships to wait for transfer portal kids and not taking junior college kids in that situation. Um, I'm sure that's not clear across the board for them, but that's how they're deeming those positions that they have left. And you know the the thought process is is that the transfer portal kids have been through an off season. They've been through you know a, a four year college football program or the structure and what have you. And so um, we like both. We still love junior college kids, and uh, we'll still go after the transfer portal kids too. But uh, it's 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 a very interesting world that we uh, continue to create and make it more and more difficult as coaches. You saw up front LSU. I assume no surprise on your behalf. LSU winning it? Yeah. 
No, no, that was not a surprise to me. So they they were uh, an amazing football team, you know. But they, they even when you have amazing talent, you still got to put it together. And those kids put it together week in and week out and face the challenges they had. And they they were uh, they, it, it, you you watch them walk on the field, and it's not a real surprise. They um, they look a little different than most other dudes, but uh, they got her done. Dave Aranda was on your staff when you won the WAC your first time around the 11 game season and went with you to Wisconsin. Uh, were you surprised he ended up at Baylor? No, uh, Dave's wanted to be a head coach in my conversations with him for the last uh, you know few years, and the opportunity presented itself. I'm sure he did his homework along with. Uh, uh, his support people that are, are around him in that spot, and I'm just happy for him, happy for his family. That's what they want. It'll be a tremendous challenge, and they're all tremendous challenges. But uh, you know, Dave was Dave was wanting that for some time, and it'll be uh, fun to watch him. You know, put his staff together and go jump into a highly competitive league. And I don't know how he's going to handle it. The, the the Big 12 with all the points are scored, so um, I wouldn't be signing up to be his defensive coordinator. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> Got all year to get ready for Oklahoma. You know what's coming. Can you stop it? <laughs> yeah, and they're pinned right between those guys from what I understand recruiting-wise, right? They're in between Oklahoma and who else was. I can't remember. I've never been there. But, uh, Texas. Yeah, it's, hey, it's a great opportunity for him, and I'm sure he's juiced up and, and ready to roll. And it was fun to bring him here when we brought him here when the, obviously Coach McMacken was uh, let go and Dave was searching for a job and uh, I was searching for a coordinator and it worked out and it was a great experience and I'm happy for him. Well, Gary, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it, and we'll look forward to talking to you around spring ball. Okay, guys, be careful out there. Don't be slipping. There it is. Thanks, Gary. Gary Anderson, Utah State football coach, joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.